Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. past six o'clock. Happy Friday, everybody. 28th of April. You're listening to SENZ. It's Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Dagger. Well, his French jaunt must be coming to a close very shortly. He's due back next week, I hear. It's Louis and Kempe for your morning today to round off a very big week for you and for many people, Kempe. That's what happens when we get midweek sport. How you going, brother? Yeah, I'm all good, Louis. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Aotearoa. Yeah, you're dead right. Uh, Izzy's down, I, suppose, I think it might be like um, Bay of Ritz or somewhere like that at the moment, right on the coast of the south of France, just on the back end of his tour. And you're right, he does get back next week. Um, looking forward to him to come, uh, coming back, actually. But, uh, yeah, mate, a little bit chilly this morning. I don't know what it's like down there, Louis. What's a, I see it was a beautiful day down there on the socials, but um, what's it like this morning? Yeah, it's been fresh as it's. Uh, it, we haven't had a cloud for a couple of days, so you just get those real crispy mornings. Um, it's it's cold, mate, but it's good. It's good. It's it's nice. I'd rather have sun in the afternoon. Today they're racing at Addington. I'm gonna pop across to Addington in the afternoon and just have a couple of beers with uh, young Jake and James here's in the sales team. So yep. do a bit of a, a Christchurch team bonding session. So that'll be fun. Um, which should be cool. That's what Fridays are for. But by the way, the Black Caps are playing right now. That they are, well, kind of being handled by Pakistan a little bit. They put up a pretty decent score, about two hundred and eighty odd. Pakistan are two hundred and fifty-five four. They need thirty-four off forty-six balls. The only thing that can save us is wickets, and we have just got one. Our Fakar's just gone out, so Rajan Ravinger's picked him up, but he he made a big. Ton Baba Zam made a half century as well. Um, Adam Milne's kind of kept us in here, but Pakistan is still cruising. We'd need a couple of wickets very quickly if we wanted to upset the apple cart here. But that's what's going on in Pakistan. Plenty going on back here in New Zealand, Kempe, including some fight for life results last night. That oh, we kind of actually led people in yesterday. 
Yeah, we did, and uh, you know, congratulations to Sawney Fomoena who uh, got the decision um, over over Forbesy. Like, mate, what about the shape Forbesy's in? You know what I mean? Like, still it looks like he can get out there. Actually, both of them can. But the highlight for me was Sam Tuitapo, and just uh, up against Roy Asatasi. Like, I don't know if you re- um, had a chance to watch the prelims, but he said, "Oh, look, Roy's really." And I know Sammy. I've known Sammy for years. You know. Um, and he's a tough kid. He always yeah. has been a tough kid, and he he <laughs> yeah. doesn't mind mixing it. But the pre nah. in the prelims, he said, uh, you know, well, he's really fit, Roy. So I'm just going to have to go out there and knock him out. Well, it took him 12 seconds. It was un- Mate, unbelievable. Kimby, did you think Roy Asatasi knew that you're allowed to defend yourself? <laughs> well, <laughs> he I, just I, said his- I just said to Neeps, we were just having a, a bit of a drink, uh, drink of water in the kitchen there, and I just said to Neeps. I don't think Roy knew how to box. He just walked out with his left left hand guard down, and Sam went straight over the top of it twice, and that's all yeah. he needed. I felt I, I did feel sorry for him, um, but yeah, no, another good night put on by Dean Lonigan. Uh, but the bigger, but the bigger news, Louis, there was bigger news mm. than that last night. Was that the roll yes. of the dice actually paid off for the Warriors, and Dills Walker was cleared to play on Sunday afternoon, which is such a good result. Um, given the fact that we've got so many injuries, and especially because he's a leader and the way that he's been playing throughout the year. Um, so, mate, I was on the phone all night. So I knew that he was going on a, a teleconference at 6 o'clock, so I just kept hitting my refresh button in the judiciary till it came through, and they were, yeah. I was like, I got feeling like what the probably what the coaches were feeling like, just that sense of relief <laughs> going, oh, thank goodness. Because um, I, I, I did see, think they're, seriously think they're a chance, uh, even with that many players out on the weekend against the Roosters at home, because they'll, they'll pack it out for sure. And uh, I just hope that the weather plays its part. There's actually a couple of there's a couple of uh, not favoured horses you can back this weekend. When I say horses, I mean teams. I've come across a couple of interesting markets I want to chat to you about a little bit later on, Kempi. One of those is that uh, Warriors Roosters market. And the other one's the Chiefs Crusaders market. I mean, I see it a little bit differently from the TAB. So we can chat about that throughout the uh, afternoon, uh, morning. Jeez, I wish it was the afternoon. It feels like the uh, afternoon because it feels like we've been in here like nonstop <laughs> all week. <laughs> Time blurs. Time blurs, doesn't it? Um, I, something you said before I just wanted to, t- I wanted to say I agreed on. I actually felt bad for Roy Tassi as well. Because it looked like it hurt, and it just didn't—it didn't look like it. He really felt comfortable in there. Um, so that—that that was the result there. Liam Messam got a big win over Justin Hodges. Mm. They could both box, so that's awesome for Liam Messam's future prospects. Um, Mia Motu, yeah. hey, we've got a new champ, Kempi. Now this is special. Yeah, she was uh, very, very good and very emotional after the fight too when they, they lifted her hand, you know, knowing that she'd won that title. But it was a decent old scrap, that one, um, Miyamoto put up. And you know, we've had her we've had her on here and she's such a, a good woman, you know nice. what I mean? Like just yeah. focused on what she's what yeah. she's um, on about and what she wants to do. And I'm also happy too to see her hand get lifted last night. Uh, Neeps had a... Had a I don't know whether he took that multi. Did you take that multi, Neeps? Oh, are you no. punting without tipping again, mate? No, I missed it. <laughs> I missed it. I had a look at the options last night, and they had um, Jerome Pampelone and Andre Mihailovic to win their fight, uh, just both to win their fight at $4.50. Andre was paying $1.07 by himself, oh. and um, Jerome was paying like 2 bucks or something like that. So it was wicked odds. I'm gutted I missed it. 
oh no, there you go, another one, another one that got away. Just you know, like if you don't want it, like throw it in the in the chat because one of us will probably take it. We all know how my tips have gone in the past. No one's jumping on my ones. Well, we needed something after Brad's tip on the basketball yesterday, so we could have got it back. (laughs) Yeah, but Brad, (laughs) come through again, Brad. Yesterday. you have, a, you have a new uh, best of the weekend. Oh, well, Kempi, my Kama question of the day actually um, protrudes to the, the basketball. So we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. We're coming up later on in the show, we're going to chat to Mark Walker, who's come back from Singapore. He's the head trainer with Tiako Racing. And people say that uh, we, we talk about Tiako too much, but the reality is they're leading the premiership. They've lapped the field, so they're doing something right. You kind of can't ignore the elephant in the room. So we'll chat to Mark Walker about his season home and, uh, what he's got coming up this weekend. After eight, Pod Turner Kempe, inaugural Chiefs captain, because, gee, there's, that's a, a big weekend for Super Rugby. Would you say that since the NRL has put together a opening quarter of the season, which is as good as the product has ever been, Super Rugby has never been more under the pump, and this is only a year two of Super Rugby Pacific? Oh, 100%, Louie. I think, you know, the product in the NRL at the moment is capturing everybody's imagination. So mm-hmm. I, I know that the rugby guys, and being a rugby guy myself, you know, because I went from rugby to rugby league and became a diehard rugby league person, you know what I mean? But I think the rugby people always liked watching a little bit of rugby league. But I think at the moment the products are so far apart that you most rugby people would be getting a little bit annoyed at the product of rugby at the moment. And then when they switch over as they had done in the past, just a glimpse at Rugby League, they go, well, I'm staying here. And they're capturing that market. Look, it it bids well for the the NRL and their media rights, but for Super Rugby especially, they have to do something. You know, they have to do something uh, to try and get back that market because it is a a different type of market than when we grew up. You know, we'd watch rugby. I remember going into a bar down in Christchurch when I came back in two, like early 2000s to cut, and we played a game down there with the Warriors. Um, And I remember, so I'd been away for 14 years, and when I left, rugby was just like, you know, if you watched it on telly, you watched it with all your mates, no matter what the game was, everyone's eyes were fixated on the telly. I remember walking into a bar in Christchurch, and there was a big game on, big super rugby game on. And I remember standing at the bar with my mates having a beer and no one was looking at the telly. And I was going, man, what's what's sort of, you know, what's going on? Like, the, you just, the bar would, back in my day, would stop and just look at the TV. You know what I mean? And we'd all, everyone would be shouting and carrying on. Well, these days when you, you know, even if you go up to the, to the cave for a beer, no one's looking at the telly. There's a different sport going on all over the place. I asked them to put the races on the other day. You know, and guys were walking around with me going, oh, you've got the races on instead. I'm like, yeah, just yeah, just ask the barmaid if they can turn the channel over, you know. So I think it is a, a bit of a issue for rugby at the moment when they're looking at it because the, the NRL's on fire, you know. It's a it's a pretty decent product at the moment. Yeah, you're right, Kempe. And, like, Super Rugby in particular has always struggled for tribalism. It's not quite for whatever reason. Like, I, the Crusaders are my favourite team out of any 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 sport but that's because I've had the luxury of having them win so many titles and it's been they've been a team that you'd just be crazy not to support um the 
the product itself, it has just always struggled to kind of create that frenzy. And when you put it up against what NRL is doing at the moment, and I think you're right, there's so many casual league fans that used to dip in that really cared about Union first and foremost that are now flicking the channel over to Sky Sport 4 and leaving it there. Um, I had a chat, interesting chat to Smithy about it, for example, and he called Rugby Union for so many years on Sky Sport. And I, was, I was just curious to know where he's at with League versus Union. He had some interesting thoughts, so we can chat to him about it a little bit later on as well. Um, so I just think for this weekend, Super Rugby, with we're going to talk to Pod Turner up after eight. Chiefs, well, first and foremost, Hurricanes Brumbies tonight, then Chiefs Crusaders tomorrow night. They need a blockbuster round, don't they? They do, and and it's gearing up to be that. Like I've had a look at both sides, the Chiefs and the Crusaders, and they're and they're two decent teams. Um, there's talk in the paper this morning about shutting down Damien McKenzie. I don't I don't think these days you can say you're going to shut down a player um, with the way that the rules are. So mm. I think you know it's a mate that Chiefs side. It's a hard job for the Crusaders if they come up here and and. The, I think the best result for rugby this weekend is if the Crusaders won. I think that's the best result coming out uh, of Super Rugby because that's going to throw everyone back into the mix and say, well, here we are again. They, we do it always at the end of the year. The Crusaders are back on the on the war path. You know, we'll see you in the finals. This is what we do every year. And I think that's the best thing for it. And just talking a little bit about the, the league thing, one thing that I've noticed, I spoke about it, like I asked a question yesterday of um, Fred de Jong about the stadium. And I asked yep. him about the stadium because what I've noticed at the Warriors, like 23,000 people showed up at the, la- at the last game, 19,000 at the first game. But what I noticed, there were two things that I noticed. The amount of merch that everyone's got on, like unbelievable. They've you can't buy a Warriors shirt at the moment. They're out, they're sold out. You've got, you got hats. You're walking around Auckland, for instance. Everyone's dressed in Warriors gear. It's absolutely crazy. So the amount of merch is phenomenal when you go to a game and they're actually supporting their team. But the other one that is really different is that the game is caramelised. So it's gone from a brown support base of tribalism to a caramel base, which means that you're bringing over a cross-reference of people that have never watched rugby league before and have started to go to the stadium and enjoying the tribalism. And that's what me and Fred were trying to talk about. Like, you have to get that fan to come along and watch the game. And I think what rugby league are doing at the moment is that when you go to watch a rugby league game, it's totally different than going to watch a rugby union game. And the younger people these days are absolutely loving it, you know? I do. I tend to agree, Kempi. I think it's an interesting uh, phrase you've coined there, caramelising, but I, I understand what you're saying. And, and a lot of my Pakia friends are absolutely loving the Warriors at the moment. Right, wicket time for the Black Caps. Uh, Pakistan needs 16 off 28, so Blair Tickner's just jagged one right at the perfect time to keep this game interesting. We'll keep you updated with that, and maybe we'll try to catch up with the Black Cap in just a wee bit. 17 minutes past 6 o'clock. Can't wait question of the day. I want you to bear with us on this one. 0800 the Kennard's High phone line, and double eight double three the Temper Beer Post text machine. Kempi, I'm going to play you and everybody some audio here of one of my favourite athletes, Giannis Antetokounmpo, yesterday, and he was, and his Buc- Milwaukee Bucks were probably favoured to win the NBA title uh, only about 10 days ago. 
Yesterday, they were knocked out of the playoffs in the first round. Sport can be fickle, we know this. Jimmy Butler put in probably one of the greatest playoff performance series performances ever. That's not hyperbole. People smarter than me have been saying it. So Giannis fielded a question in his press conference when the season was wrapped up yesterday, Kempien, and he made a, a very interesting point in his rebuttal and his answer to this journalist. I want to play it, and then I've got a question for you on the other side. I just asked Bud the exact same question, but I'm curious for you. Do you view this season as a failure? Oh, my God. Uh, okay, because I'm not that up. You asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay, uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able I don't know, um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success, you know. And if you've never, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to make it personal. So, there's always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure? That's what you're telling me? No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful, some days you're not. Some days it's your turn, some days it's not your turn. And that's what sport is about. You don't always win. Some other, other people is going to win. And this year, somebody else is going to win. Similar as that. We're going to come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, try to um, play better, not have a 10-day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball. You know, and hopefully we can win a championship. So 50 years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship, it was 50 years of failures. No, it was not. It was steps to it. You know, and we were able to win one. Hopefully we can win another one. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he speaks with passion, he speaks with clarity, he speaks with frustration. His season's ended. He's one of the greatest basketball players um, of all time. He's one of, if not the best player in today's game. But my question for you, Kempi, and you can ever think about this one, and I'll come back to it. And everybody on 0800 get involved here, because this is, this is a bit of a, uh, well, it's a philosophical question, I guess, that Giannis has posed. Do you agree or at least understand his premise that there are no failures in sport? Can you grasp that as a concept, and do you agree? I can see you looking, gazing, Kempi, so I, I know you've got an answer, and I know you're a deep thinker about this stuff, so you'll have a great one for us. Well, we'll get back and get your answer on the other side. Here with Kim's Warehouse, the real house of fragrance, I want to hear from you, though. Do you agree or at least understand with Giannis Antetokounmpo's premise that there are no failures in sport? Hear from you on the other side. 26 minutes past 6 o'clock, Pakistan just need 11 runs from 17 balls in the first ODI against the Black Caps to win. The cartway question of the day, Kempi, was uh, spawned by Giannis Antetokounmpo, who essentially has said that there are no failures in sports and he's building to something. The steps, it's just steps in a journey. What did you make of it? I have a dream. That's the type of thought that I had in my head, Louis, when I heard that uh, yesterday when he did that press conference and I looked at him and I thought that is one of the, the conversations that's going to go down in history. 
and be played on and put on reels and played over and over again. And the people that I thought about straight away was like Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, Muhammad Ali, Viv Richards. You know, he already rattled off Michael Jordan. You could throw in LeBron James with all those famous quotes. But who would have thought that Giannis Antetokounmpo would have come out with a, I guess, it was a mic drop moment. You know, it was so true that I was listening to it and we were on this we must have been on the same page, Louis. We must have been thinking about it at the same time. And I went, I got I I'm gonna talk about that today. Because for me, the way that he put that uh journalist back in his place and and how could you and rotated it to reality was so true. Was, was it was so em, emphatic the the one on Michael Jordan? Do you, you, you like you know? Do you think he went out there every year just to lose a premiership? Basically, what he was saying. Do you think he's a failure because he didn't every year he went out and he lost? Like and that step to success. If you understand that, you don't get success all the time. You have a goal and you work your way to it. Yes, they didn't get that, and everyone had them as favourites, but. He's he's got a goal, and if you were listening between the lines, he's saying, "I, I can't wait for you to sit here when we actually get it, because we're that's where we're headed. We're headed towards it." So, like I, I thought it was for me, Louis, one of the greatest um, press conferences that I've seen. One of the most remarkable things about it is it's a second language. Like Giannis turned up to America ten years ago now didn't speak a lick of English, you know? Mm. And here he is a decade later rattling off one of the most eloquently put uh, reality-soaked answers in the heat of battle because, you know, like he's just come off his season's ended. Imagine the adrenaline coursing through him, Kempe. Imagine the kind of the way that where his, where his head's at and he's been able to sit there and, and you could see the frustration in him, but he composed himself. Look, with that being said, though, are there failures in sport? Well, I think sometimes there are. And I think both can be true. But I do completely understand what he is saying, that you can't win every year. It's a journey. And I look at my journey as a bigger picture, and this is a step. This is a building block. In the here and now, are the Bucks being knocked out of the playoffs in round one as the number one seed of failure? Sure. In that hyper isolated essence, maybe it is. But that's not the way he's choosing to look at it. So I think both can be true. Does that make sense? Well, you've just got to be really, really careful on the word failure because there there are failed attempts to win competitions. There are failed attempts to win World Cups. But you've got to be careful where you put the context around the word failure, and I'll use a rugby league analogy at the moment. So West Tigers, okay, so currently what they're trying to do is failing miserably because they're sitting at the bottom of the table. Mm. But the word failure, they're trying to put that on a player currently. And I'm not going to name the player because I don't want to do that. But what you do, and, and this is why Giannis, when he's come out and said it, is said you can't do that. What you're saying is you're saying we are failures and we've gone out there to fail. What's happened is we have failed at the moment at trying to get what we want. Does that that's make it. sense? That's exactly what I'm saying, Kempi. I think there's total nuance on the way you look at it. That's exactly that. That is that's a, just you. That's what I was trying to say. Like, 
I think, yes, in the essence, yes, we might have failed on this attempt, but we aren't failures, and there is no failure because the, the road, the piece of string's this long. The road is this long. And, and even if I and don't... sport. And that's it? sport. And even if I don't win another championship in my career, I'm not a failure because my journey doesn't stop. Uh, like, I loved it. Uh, Tim says, great answer. Um, Dale says, Jana sounds like a fellow Warriors fan. It's our year. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was brilliant. I'm glad you enjoyed it too, Kempe. You know, I didn't think about it in that kind of um, context as kind of a Martin Luther King moment, but you're right. It will be replayed forever, won't it? Yeah, it will, it will be because I, I think, especially for an athlete, when you – I was sitting there with, just with envy and went, you know, like you, – and you put that in a context. He's just walked off losing a series – now, the last thing he wanted to talk about was why we lost the series. You know what I mean? Well, but to have yeah. the composure, and even when you just put that into, into context, the, the new language that he's learnt, which is English, and articulate it the way that he did, he's, his stocks have gone to here. You know what I mean? They're so, they're so up there at the moment. Because the way that you explain it on your, step, on your steps to success, you don't get success, like, instantly. And and the way he put it to that journalist, like, you know, are you expecting a promotion every time you talk? Like, mate, get real. You've probably been a journalist for 10 years before you get put into the management. Um, it's It was just such a, a good way to, to, to use an analogy, and um, I think it'll be used for a long time. Just to, go to answer this question here from Marshy, Kempe, what happened to Dylan Walker? Is he out? No, Marshy, he's in. <laughs> they rolled the dice last night, and uh, he he got that thrown out, and he's he's back in. So he's back into the team this week, Marshy, um, and everyone has a massive smile on their face because uh, we'll ask Paulie Mawadi what that does to the TAB stocks uh, later on in the show. I wonder if people rolled the dice and had a bet before the uh, verdict was back. <laughs> I'd say <laughs> it's it would very, be. It's great news, great news. Hard. Pakistan have won. By five wickets uh, with nine balls to spare. A really good ODI. A really good ODI. Uh, Darren Mitchell scored 100. Uh, the Black Caps were probably always about 20 runs short, and that was evident in the end. But a very good ODI. These teams are very evenly matched. Remember, this is Pakistan's best team, and this is probably a kind of B and a half team. So very, very good stuff. We'll try and catch up with the Black Cap uh, in the next hour. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Hey, you know we're finally here, right? Where are we? It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Word. It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Word. It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Word. It's Quizzy Dag, 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 Dag. Oh, you thought you did a Z and can't be. But the questions stress you out, yay. The quiz master is getting busy. But Uncle's Clues would give you gout. Think you can beat them, try your luck. Losing, they're gonna call you chump. TAB bonus bets, they're on us. TAB, 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 Quizzy Dag and TAB bonus bets. Don't ask Google all your sleigh It's Quizzy Dag on It's Quizzy Dag. Oh, I'll tell you what, Louis, we, we put that on last week when Dan was on the show and he, he was he just freaked, he lose it? He just freaked <laughs> out. He's like, what's going on here? 
Oh, it's, so, it's, it's such a such a good tune. 0800 on our Kennards High Fine Loan. Just dial in if you want a chance to win a $50 TAB bonus bet. And uh, I've had a look at the quiz this morning, and it looks okay. So uh, we'll get stuck into it. We're going to Kerry first up. Morning to Kerry. Morning, boy. I'll just say, don't forget, Louis taking the gout pills this morning, so he's got you. He's the clue master. All right, if you need a clue. So we'll go to the first question. Which boxing belt did Super Bantamweight Mia Mutu win at Fight for Life last night? Uh, WBO. Uh, you got two of them right. You got two of them right. Sorry, Kerry. Go to Richie and Upper Hut. Morning to Richie. Hey, mate, which boxing belt did Super Bantamweight Mia Mutu win at Fight for Life last night? IBO. Bang. When was the last year that the Chiefs won Super Rugby? 2013. Or 2013. Yeah, Richie, he knows his stuff. Which New Zealand trained horse races against the world's best milers in Hong Kong this weekend? Uh, Clue. Please. The head of the Targaryen dynasty. Very good. Yep. Oh, good luck to the next person. Thank you. <laughs> Unlucky, Richie. Let's go to Jade in Hamilton. Morning, Jade. Morning, Harley. All good. Which New Zealand trained horse races against the world's best milers in Hong Kong this weekend? Man, I wouldn't have a Flying on the turf. <laughs> oh, good horse, Jamie Richards. What, I like it. And no one, and no one watches Game of Thrones, right? Let's go to Jaden Hamilton. Jaden Hamilton, morning. Oh, sorry, Brent on, Brent on. Oh, great! I don't have a clue either. Oh well. Um, well, I don't know. Levante, that'll do. Wouldn't have a clue. Kaki, let's go to Ed Tolliger Bay. He must be a Game of Thrones fan. Um, uh, Aegon. There you go. The oh, man. Happy Friday, bro. My, my second team won on Antic Day. Oh, yeah. I know they did. Look, we gave you a, bu- we gave you a plug. Now, don't rub it in, all right? It's all done. <laughs> it's all over. It's all over. Okay, you're lucky. Yeah, my next favourite team is the Roosters. <laughs> right, let's go to Brett and Huntley. No, no, here you go. Here you go. The Otago Nuggets are now top of the table in the NBL. Congratulations to Brett Matahari and Michael Harris put on a a stellar performance last night with 31 points. What is their win loss record so far this season? The Nuggets are 4 4 and 4. Bang, here we go. The money question, Lydia Coe has lost her place at the top of the world golf rankings and has dropped to second. So who now sits above her in the rankings? It's Nelly. Not Nelly the singer, oh. Nelly Corner. <laughs> there you go, Ed. And what, are you going to put it on the roosters, are you? What are they paying? They must be famous, eh? Uh, about, oh, I think they're $20 now. <laughs> Let's go, roosters! <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Well, I'm out of here. <laughs> See you, lady. It's, it's a weekend for the Ruffies, I'm telling you. It's a weekend for the Ruffies, I'm telling you. Uh, good quiz, Kempi. Very well done. One text here. He's triggered me. I love the show, but you never read out texts that disagree with you. Well, Kevin, you've only texted once this morning. This is your first one. We haven't had a chance to miss your text yet.
He wouldn't have made those comments if they'd won. Sport can be viewed like that if you want to be a success. The question was stupid, but he was reacting because they lost. Another example of turning sport woke. Well, yeah, obviously he wouldn't have made those comments if he won, Kevin. What's your point? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it is a look, okay, and it's it's not meant to wind you up. It's in the context of the question that we asked was really the word failure and how you use it, you know, because I think uh, Dianis Utetekompu, uh, he's basically what he said was, I'm not a failure. I'm not a failure. We fa- we we were favourites, and we failed to get to the next step. We're gonna we're gonna continue to try and get there. That's what he but was I saying. But I appreciate. But I do appreciate your text, Kevin. Oh well, look, I read out pretty much all the texts that come through, unless some of them they get a little bit mean, and we try not to do that. Eight away from seven. After this, love racing. Dot it is coming up to 7 o'clock, Kempi. Love Racing.nz, home for everything thoroughbred racing. Uh, oh, this is quite a rare moment for me. I've had four bets today. Really? At, I've had four bets at Rotorua. I think there's four horses you can back at Rotorua today, and you can back them with enough confidence that you can actually have a bet. And I don't, you know me, Kempi, I don't just say that, do I? No, not at all. So, give it, Give it to us, come on. Here's what it is, and I'm not, and not just because I'm saying I don't usually say that doesn't mean that they're necessarily good things or whatever. I just thought that there were four horses at right prices today that you could have a bet on. Uh, race number three, a horse called Hattrick, which I've been waiting to turn up. Tony Pike's been waiting to let Hattrick out of the bag uh, with Michael McNabb doing the riding. He's a fast net uh, rock colt. He's beautifully bred. He's won at his trials. It is a heavy eight there today, so I'll just be watching because Pikey doesn't like running his horses on the wet track, but this horse has been up for a while. So if it goes to the races, I think it can make a winning start to its career. Race number four, well, actually, the rest of them from here are Robbie Patterson horses. Uh, Mary Louise, I think there's a horse in here called Corbatten. It's just very short, $1.80. It's won both its starts, but look, it's pretty hard for horses to win three in a row, as I always say. Mary Louise has been mixing it in rating 75 grade for a while now. Uh, I've had her a bit at top two, but you could probably have an each-way bet on the win and top two. Uh, race number six, remember a horse called Belladonna Lily was tipped out to us by Robbie Patterson mm. a couple of Fridays ago, and it just went under. Well, it opened at $3.20, uh, $3. and it's straight into three, uh, $2.80. Um, here's the thing. Craig Grills rides. We know what their strike rate's like when they work together. And then in race number seven, well, this one is my bet. I'm following my money here. Banana Rama. I tipped out a couple of Saturdays ago. I'm wondering, Barrier 11, if that won't be too bad um, by the time that the rain, if the track is uh, wet, waterlogged, maybe they will be coming wide. I'll be all about Banana Rama from that wide alley. $6 and $2.30, I'm on the place. So, Hattrick, Mary Louise, Banana Rama, and Belladonna Lily. There are a few I don't mind today, just quietly. Very good, Louie, very good. And if you want to find out how Mark Walker's team's going to go tomorrow at Tarapa, stay tuned. Please come right up. Here's Anna Holt News for Kabooty, you're shaping Ben Four minutes past seven o'clock. Happy Friday, everybody. Good on you for making it this far. A shortened week with Anzac Day. 
uh, what a week it was and what a day it was to remember. And we've had some highlights that we will remember next hour with the Friday tipple. Uh, Mark Walker, head trainer, obviously massive part of Tiako Racing for decades now. Coming up in just a wee bit later on in the hour, we might try and track down a black cap out of Pakistan. They have just gone down. Um, I think Pakistan won by nine balls, well, with nine balls to spare, five wickets in the end. So that was a, a really good addition of the ODI cricket for the first match of that series. So we'll keep you up to date with what's coming out of Pakistan. We love catching up with our Black Caps. And Kempi, yesterday, the news that you were hanging on to and you got through the roll of the dice, Dylan Walker, da 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 Yep, he's uh, playing, which is great. Fantastic that uh, they went and rolled the dice and, and got a favourable result. Uh, I think I think the hands of the six hands of God had something to do with that call. Um, the logic behind it is to get that man back out on the football field because, man, we need him. We need him this weekend, and I look, I think we've uh, shortened. I think in in the price to winning that game. I, I definitely think they can win that game, even with the with the number of players out, the way that they're playing, their 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 effort across the board and whoever he puts in there, um are definitely going out there to try their best. And I, when you look at their team, Louis, uh, you know, although they've lost Chance Nickel Clockstead, uh Tohu Harris, uh, Jazz Tavaga, and then you know, you've got no Mitchie Barnett uh, as well with uh, Tamari Martin, the pl- the players that are in there at the moment are still good enough to do a job for um, Andrew Webster. So, I'll, the the interesting part for me, and, and I've noticed this a, a lot on on the socials, is that man, look how well they're playing, and he hasn't had the opportunity to pick his first team yet. So, if we can get through this next three weeks and pick up a win, it's gonna be really. Um, important because it'll hold us in good stead in that back end of the end of the season. Absolutely. And actually, Webby made comment off that. He made point of saying that if he could just get all his players for one game this year, he would be so, so happy. So uh, I, I can imagine it's very frustrating for a coach to be in that scenario. We're catching up with Mark Walker in just a second. Um, and I think Kempe... One of the interesting points around what the Warriors are doing and, and how they're being officiated is they themselves aren't the ones that are coming out and complaining, which is good. They're not. The, they're leaving that leaving that outside noise. And I saw some of that outside noise from um, Freddie and Joey on Channel 9. They were talking about the, the six hands of God, as you were calling them, and they were just both aghast. It was so funny. It was so funny. Yeah, look, you... you you can't throw those hands up like that and not get the call um, or somewhat of a decent call when there's that many hands in there, uh, which basically said that it's come through people somewhere, hands on you know, on, on the football. So at that time of the game too, it was pretty crucial. And I know that people say don't blame the referees, but you know I, they've got a hard enough time. And sometimes you, know, you hear a lot of these comments, Louis, where they say, you know, if you slow it down enough, and you'll hear Joey John say this all the time, if you slow it down, uh, slow it down enough, you're looking not to give the try. All right, so that's right. They missed out on it. We've, we do have to move on. The good thing about it, Dylan Walker's back. That's sandbagging <laughs> when you slow it down like that. Dylan Walker's back. Can't wait for the Warriors on Sunday. Right now, let's catch up with the man that's leading our training premiership in the thoroughbred world with a staggering total. 
Um, we'll ask him, but I'm not sure if they imagined that they'd be able to knock off 171 wins by the time April was up. It's Mark Walker. Mark, you're very good with your time to us on ECNZ. How are you doing this morning? Uh, a bit cold, bit cold. Are you? Are you telling me it's not as hot yeah. and humid as Singapore in Matamata? <laughs> no, we had a decent frost the other morning. Not a frost this morning, but still chilly enough. How do you get yourself out of bed when it's that cold, Mark? What are the tricks of the trade for um, hardened trainers? Oh, it's just part and parcel of life. I grew up on a dairy farm, so I've always got out of bed really early, so it doesn't doesn't worry me, that's for sure. Hey, Mark, congratulations on your season so far. You're having a stellar season, and uh, it's a long way from over yet. Um, you've got a big weekend uh, coming up, but, but what have, are some of the highlights for you so far this year? Uh, winning the Group 1 in Melbourne was pretty special. And uh, probably another highlight was winning the Wellington Cup. It's a time-honoured race, and uh, it was pretty special to win it for Fortuna. Yeah, that's right. Look, obviously you've had a big association with John Galvin there, and, and that was probably a little bit, well, the way the Wellington Cup unfolded that day, it was all a little, a little bit odd, but you got the, you had the winner and you guys were absolutely thrilled. So oh, it's cool to hear that that was a, a highlight for you, Mark. Just if we go back to the start when you took over, we took back over from um, Jamie here and just we spoke a lot at the time about reacclimating and just, you know, you know, you, you keep saying it's like riding a bike and that sort of thing. But has your confidence grown throughout the year or has your familiarity with, again, how New Zealand racing, and obviously we know you are still so connected, but as you've gone throughout the year, have you found yourself finding momentum? No, not really. It, it, it is like riding a bike and uh, the programs hadn't really changed that much since I was away last time and no, so to answer that, no, not really. It's it, training's training, and it's just about looking at each horse as an individual, and and that's basically what what you do. It's just second nature, really. Yeah, you got a good you got a good eye for them, and and, and on that, Mark, with how the three year olds are gone this year, and uh, the the crack, uh, cracker sales opening back up, and you guys were heavily involved in that. Are you excited about the future and the and the stock that you've bought for next year? Oh, definitely. We're just putting them through the paces at the moment and already you can see uh, some of them are really starting to put their hands up and and the future's bright, that's for sure. And I know that's something you were excited about is working with the, the baby horses again, mate. So 171 wins. Have you in DC or um, the team targeted anything particularly this year, it was getting a Group 1 in Australia on the radar at the start of the season. Did you set yourself any goals, or was it really just day day in, day out, as you said before? Yeah, just take each day as it comes, and week by week. And obviously, we just try and place every horse to its best advantage, whether that's winning a, a maiden race at Woodville or winning a Group 1 in Melbourne. Every horse, you just try to get the get the potential out of each horse. That's That's the name of the game. One thing I, I think I'd vaguely noticed, Mark, and tell me if I'm wrong, because you definitely will. Do you do you line your horses up more regularly than Jamie? And are you happy to travel them more than that the past regime at Tiaka? 
I think after you've trained in Asia, you do look at it a little bit different. You know uh, horses can take more runs in a season, and obviously that's a, a lot better for the owner's pocket as well. So I just think uh, some horses in particular have had more runs for a season, probably even the favourite. Uh, for Saturday for the Travis Stakes aromatics probably a good example but I think you just you sort of evolve and as a trainer once you've trained in Asia and you do look at it a little bit different but uh, as Jamie will be in Hong Kong Yeah, aromatic and the Travis Stakes are group two's uh, real short $2.50. Hey Mark, just I wanted to ask the question around um, the staff, you know like you've got such a a, a wide range of horses that travels often around the country. You're taking them um, up north. You're taking them way down south. You, you, your team must be. You must be so proud of the team. Just how how hard is it for you to manage the whole gambit? You know, like no, not just the horses, but also the amount of staff that you got. Uh, it certainly took a while to just learn everyone's strengths. And I think we've got it down pat pretty well now. But our assistant trainer, uh, Sam Burgesson, he handles a lot of that. And Sam's outstanding at that. And obviously the the ladies in the office, uh, they've got a good handle on everything as well. So it's certainly not a one-man band that's by any means. No, it definitely isn't. I've I've been in and seen it, the how kind of slick the operation is there at Matter. It's a really large scale operation, Mark. Hey, kind of two part question. Do you suspect that you'll you'll slow down a wee bit heading as the tracks get heavier, or do you have enough um, wet trackers that you want to have a go at? And and will you lighten any jumpers up this year? Yeah, I was actually at the jumping trials yesterday with one. So. Uh, obviously, I came from a show jumping eventing background, so jumping's always uh, been very exciting to me. So, no, we'll have some jumpers, and Dave and Karen, uh, they're very keen to support the jumping fraternity. It was in a little bit of trouble, but they've uh, thrown their support behind it, so hopefully it can continue in New Zealand. It's got great history in New Zealand. Oh, awesome! That's really good to hear. It'll be great to see the tangerine going around into the into the winter. Uh, now, Australia, you mentioned it was your highlight, and how could it not have been? I mean, it's so well deserved for Imperatriz to to get that one. Is that something that's high on your agenda for the next season? Now you got your feet well and truly under the desk, and you, the bike's going on at a good rate of knots. Do you want to get over there and explore? Because for a long time. It has been well speculated or there have been murmurings that Tiaka would look to expand, but from your point of view, is that something you really want to focus on in 23-24? Oh, definitely. Like, if the horses are good enough, obviously we want to target Australia. It's no secret that prize money is just far superior to ours. So, as I say, it's just about all placing horses where the, where the best to race. Hey Mark, so what does what does Mark Walker do in his downtime? Like, do you have any downtime? I know a few trainers, and you know they like to get out and play a little bit of golf. Or he supports the Crusaders, I think. Is that is, memory. It, is that your, is that your team, Mark? <laughs> and of course, you're from you know in Matter Matter. You're a chief supporter, hundred percent. Are you looking forward to that game? 
Uh, well, it'll be an interesting game. Um, one of our owners and the champion bloke, I think Anton's playing his 100th game, so that'll be pretty special to watch. He is a champion, and he, he loves the tangerine as well, doesn't he, Mark? He's a he's, he's a great tool. He absolutely loves you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. Hey, just can you mentioned aromatic before. You said you've lined her up a lot. I think I've tipped her out her last three starts. I just can't believe what sort of vein of form she's in. All the way back to the, the cuddle. Well, actually going back earlier in the season, but she sat wide in those that cuddle stakes. Probably wasn't one of Opie's best rides of his life. And um, since then, she's just gone on. You got black type last start, but in this field, is there any reason she shouldn't be winning again? Uh, I see the three-year-old of Ben Putz as, as the unknown factor in the race, but I think she's got better form than most of the others, so that's probably the unknown factor in the race, I would think. Is your mare going as good as she was uh, two weeks ago? Yeah, I think she is, and strangely enough, we just thought she was a wet tracker, but she's uh, she's been going just as good on top of the ground as well. Yeah, that's right. She seems to get, get over it as well as get through it. In the other group race at Tarapa, the English Sales Cambridge Breeders, you've got a very exciting wee Savabil filly in Pukitero, uh, but also I Choose You and Petrusi for Trelawney. So uh, a real strong hand here. How do you rank those? Well, unfortunately, Petrucci, uh, Pukatera, actually, she'll be scratched. She just had a slight temperature, which is very bad timing, unfortunately. So she'll be scratched. So we've got two left in at Petrucci, and I choose you. I choose you. He's got a pretty tough draw to contend with, but um, if she gets any sort of luck, she's got good form, and um, Petrucci's a filly on the way up. Well... It's good lifetime information. Hopefully the bookies might still be in bed because with the no deductions, punters, if you want to have a bet in that race, your favourite's coming out. So there's a few other nice ones in there. Uh, today, Mark, or across the weekend, is there one that you're excited to, to line up and you think you might be able to add to your total? Oh, I think aromatic's probably our best chance all weekend, yeah. Awesome. That's wonderful. Well, look, Kempe and me, we're, we're thrilled to have you back in the country, mate. Kempe's been banging on about it for a while. You're pretty impressed, aren't you, Kempe? I certainly am, Mark, and uh, you're going so good. You know, Every time you see the tangerine run around, you know you're in with a decent chance. So congratulations, Mark, from uh, everyone that uh, loves the racing game and, and you're doing a fantastic job. Thanks very much, guys. No worries. Mark Walker, there you go. They're leading the premiership by a lot. And just to clarify... Pukatero, your three twenty favourites coming out of that race. Look, I love and I respect the TAB, but as punters, you got to put them to the sword when these opportunities come out. They understand the peril of the no deductions law, Kimpy. So, <laughs> R eighteen, gamble responsibly, but go and have a bet. Oh, I tell you what, Flamebird has got my money. There you go. <laughs> as soon as he said it, too, I saw your eyes light up there, Louis. So, um, Flamebird number five. Race number five, the Cambridge Breeders Stakes. If you uh, if you have got your TAB app open, just have a little bit of a gold coin on that one there. Five dollars and two dollars currently money back. Good bet. Yeah, Flamebird's been going huge. Missed the start. Or you could go Petrucci, you could back Westwood, you could back Davici Bell, but um, or Denby Road even. But Pukatero is coming out, elevated temperature. That's very disappointing for the owners there because this filly, she when she turns back up at the races, will all be backing her 
in spades because she has got a whole lot of talent. And um, Aromatic, best of the weekend. I would have to agree with that. I think she is in a very rich reign of form. And Sakura Girl's the unknown, but Aromatic, she has been going so, so well lately. That's Mark Walker talking a little bit of racing. Love racing.nz for all of those fields and form analysis, that sort of thing. Kempi, after this, we might go around the grounds and see what sport we've got going on around the world this weekend. It's 21 minutes past seven here with the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Kino Tire phone line. We're 25 minutes past seven o'clock now, and uh, it's a Busy old morning for us. We've got plenty coming up, including the Choices Forum poll. The Black Caps started the day, Kempi, uh, well, they're posting 288 against Pakistan, which is, honestly, a really good score. A really good score in tough conditions over there against a, a really good Pakistan outfit that have got all of their top players. Unfortunately, uh, it was just a, probably about 10, 15 runs short, and Pakistan got there with nine runs to spare. Fakir Zaman with his 117 of 114 was the man of the match. But Daryl Mitchell, well, he posted 113 of 115. Is there a, is there a New Zealand athlete that's been in a, a period of form like Daryl Mitchell over the last 18 months, Kempe, that could rival that guy? Well, he's right up there. I mean, like, he's held it together for such a long period of time. And... Uh, you know, the, to see them go over there, especially and play the way that they're doing against a Pakistani side that's hot to trot. Um, that game this morning, like you think, you think that that would get them home the score, but you just, you know, Pakistan, they get out there if they're on fire with the bat, it's really hard to stop them when they get on a roll. So, um, Daryl Mitchell, mate, it's been, you know, be interesting to see when the awards come out at the end of the year uh, for Players of the Year, whether or not his name's thrown in the mix. Well, yeah, he, I mean, cricket's already honoured him, and he was one of Wisden's t- five cricketers of the year, along with Tom Blundell, so you're dead right. Um, I think we've only won four games in Pakistan ever. They've all come semi-recently, including those two T20s this tour, and Smithy's spoken about it, how hard it is to tour there. So this is a really good effort. Will Young was 86 or 78. Um, we had Mark Chapman, who was elevated into the squad only. He got in. He faced 14 balls. He scored 15. Then Henry Nichols finished not out on 20. Tim, Tom Latham, 20 as well. Um, and then Fakir Azam, as I said, 117 from 114. Uh, we had Baba. He made 49 before he nicked off and he was spewing. Adam Milton bowled well to keep us in touch late in the piece. Um, unfortunately, Rajan Ravindra got taken for a little bit of tap here and there. And so Matt Henry's 10 for 45 was very important to keep us in touch and, and give us a chance, take that match as deep as they did. They're playing very well, and Daryl Mitchell fronted media after the game and gave his appraisal of the first ODI. Yeah, oh, first of all, I think, you know, batting first on that pitch to get up to that 290 mark is, is probably, I think, pretty par. And, um, yeah, look, you always want more runs, don't you? Uh, especially when you lose a game, you want... Um, but no, I think you know the way that we built partnerships through the middle there, and uh, Pakistan have got some world-class bowlers, and they they showed at the end there with their death bowling, and, and um, yeah, I thought also the way Pakistan batted tonight was was pretty special. They put us under pressure at times, and and always keep the rate in check, and um, yeah, fair play to them. They won this one, and we look forward to the next one in about 20 hours' time. 
And seriously, they play tomorrow. So it's it's a reload, very quick reload for the Black Caps. Um, the game starts tomorrow night at 10.30pm. So late on a Saturday evening after the Crusaders Chiefs, you might want to stay up and stay in touch. That one. The other sports news, Kempi, from over the night was we have a new international boxing champion, Miyamoto. She won the uh, her title and she did it. Well, she had to be plucky. 98-92, 96-94, 99-91, unanimous points decision, but uh, people that watched the fight were telling me that it was pretty tight. Yeah. It, you know, they are. It's a world title um, belt. So, you know, the the uh, girl that she was fighting threw a couple of um, punches to and rocked her a couple of times, Miyamoto, but he just got had obviously more um, more in the tank and more accuracy uh, in that in that close decision. So I'm I'm so happy. You know, she that was her goal, and uh, she's gone out and got it. So another Kiwi on the world stage. It's very very exciting, and uh, our other unbeaten Kiwi stayed that way. Pampilone and Mikhailovich. Uh, they both got their job done. Liam Messon beat Justin Hodges on points. I need to get some footage of that fight. I missed that one. I tell you what I didn't miss is Sam slamming Sammy Tuitupo. And I do feel bad for Roy Satasi, man. He got that that looked painful, Kimpy. Yeah, it did and you do feel sorry for Roy, you know. I think he um just spit off a little bit more than he could chew up against Sammy Tuitupo. He didn't he didn't obviously know Sam's background, um, where he's 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 been in a few of those situations himself in the past. And what was really surprising with Sammy is that he didn't put the headgear on. Uh he did say that he felt really confident during his career because that was one of his trademarks. He always ran out with the headgear on, didn't he, at second five eight. So uh, he didn't have them on last night. He just walked out there. Well, just quietly, he didn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal in about 12 seconds. And our man, and I hope you've shot him a text saying congratulations on behalf of us all, Kempi. Sione Farmoina, he beat DJ Forbes on unanimous points decision. He didn't just come out and swing. He he used his, uh, he said he, he trained for eight weeks, and he put himself in the hurt box. He was going to use every second of it, which is awesome. Well, he had to. He had to against DJ as well, because DJ is as fit as anything, and got copped him with a couple of nice little uppercuts, did Sione. I think he had him for height and reach and all that That's sort right. of stuff, and just the smarts. Um, yeah, you got to remember, Sione, he, uh, he did basically start his career in the loose forwards, but he was smart enough to play at 5'8". And uh, use those smarts. He looked good, actually. If and you know, what do you say? He dropped twenty-seven kilos or something like that to get uh, to get in shape and take that on. And he's been looking for it for a while to get into that fight for life. So uh, with the help of Monty, he's gone in there and he's done the league boys proud. It's awesome stuff. Twenty-nine away from eight. We will get some sports headlines and our choices for him poll after the news with Aroha for Kubota together with shaping and building New Zealand. SCNZ, we're 26 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. Hope you're having a wonderful start to your Friday. We've got Richard Turner coming up before the end of the show on the Friday tip. We'll also go around the grounds as well. United and Tottenham going at it in the Premier League right now. And if my screen isn't playing tricks on me, no, it's not. Man United up 1-0 over Tottenham in that very, very important tussle as we look for the minor placings. Uh, right now, let's get some headlines with Joe. Thanks to Gennard's Hire. Too easy weekend.
Max Verstappen has revealed there's a possibility he will step away from F1 after his contract expires in 2028. Verstappen isn't a fan of F1's plans to extend the calendar and is questioning whether the addition of more Grand Prix along with the introduction of new racing formats might stretch him a little thin. He said, I do like racing, I do like winning, I know that of course with the salary and everything you have a good life, but is it actually a good life? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and meanwhile, <laughs> Charles Leclerc, <laughs> Charles Leclerc has denied reports in Italy, claiming he has held talks with Mercedes about replacing Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton's current contract with Mercedes expires at the end of the season, and the 38-year-old is yet to agree to an extension. A report in Italy claimed it was an open secret that Leclerc was speaking to Mercedes following Ferrari's difficult start to the 2023 season, which has included two DNFs. And elsewhere in the Premier League Everton is uh, losing to Newcastle 1-0 and Southampton and Bournemouth are tied 0 all at half time yeah it's funny like Kempi when athletes use the media as their negotiating tactics mm. like Max saying he's essentially he's essentially saying well I'll do it but only for a shitload more money <laughs> <laughs> well, that's basically where the where the whole um, markets move to, isn't it? When you think about it, because if you look at what's going on, we talked about it yesterday. Australian rugby and the NRL, and and Nelson Osefa Solomona, for instance, where he was sitting down with um, Eddie Jones and and Melbourne are there, and you've got a couple of other clubs, and it's just mate, it's in the press. You know, people know about it. And, the, and instead of, I guess from a player's and a manager's point of view, the more press they make about it, the more reality it becomes for the people that are trying to negoti- negotiate to try and keep the player the player or the person in the side that they want. So I, I just think it's just one of those tools that's been added to the bag of negotiation. 100%. That's exactly right, mate. Right. Uh, thank you, Joe, for your headlines. Stay with us right now. Let's go to the SCNZ app and have your choice. It's time for our Choices Flooring poll. Choices Flooring Spaces for Living catalogue sale is on now. You can go into the SCNZ app, click on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast the stream this morning, and have a vote in our poll. And, Joe, I feel like this is right up Kempe's alley. What do you have for us? Yes, well, I actually revealed last weekend that I'm a big Crusaders fan uh, now, Kim, uh, Louis. And so the, the <laughs> choices flooring poll question today is, what will Razor's theme be this weekend? Is it embrace oh. the underdog? Where you still the champs? One last ride. It starts in the Tron, or is it humble? South African all of a sudden. Sorry, I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> starts. <laughs> starts in Francois. The... <laughs> it starts in the Tron, or humble the grubs. Humble the grubs. <laughs> Embrace the underdog. We're still the champs. One last tr- <laughs> ride in the Tron, or humble the grubs. So you're, you're a Crusaders fan now, and I bet you, I guarantee 100% now, now you've ditched the All Blacks and you're an Irish fan as well. Oh, I love the Irish. Yeah, I'm a big Irish fan at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> can, I can relate. Uh, okay, Joe. All right. Choices for Paul. What will Razor's theme be this weekend? Embrace the dog, the underdog. We're still the champs. Like, get off our corner. One last ride. It starts in the Tron. <laughs> Or humble the grubs. That's pretty good, Kimby. 
It is. It's very, very good. And, uh, oh, geez, if I was, oh, I know there's a, I know there's a lot of patch people listening to this. I'm gonna go with the one which is the obvious, which is humble the grubs. That's the one that <laughs> I, I think every patched uh, member out there at the moment from Crusader Land will be coming up and saying, "Well, yep, let's get up there and take." Uh, especially Timmy, <laughs> to take the take the chocolates back to Christchurch with us on the weekend. It's going to be such a good game. I can't wait. Me too, mate. Double eight, double three. If you want to vote in our poll, what's Razor's theme this weekend? Embrace the underdog. We are still the champs. One last ride. It starts in the Tron or humble the grubs. Double eight, double three, or even better, go to the SENZ app. Download it if you haven't. Uh, click on Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast this morning. Log yourself in. Make a free account, and then. Vote in our Choices for him poll. We've got a couple of text messages here. Zoe Sadowski sinner 23 podiums in a row, supreme athlete. Yes, talking Darren Mitchell in performance over 18 months. Totally agree, Charlie. And can you guys please tell me where Aromatic is racing? I've already had a bet on Flamebird. Well, just click along two races to race seven at Tarapa tomorrow, my friend, and you can have a bet on Aromatic responsibly. 20 minutes away from eight. We'll go around the grounds after this. In our tyre phone line, call Izzy and Kempi anytime. 0800 150 811. And remember, Kenna Tyre is making trade easy with a two-hour delivery promise and heaps more. Kubota's Land Pride implements are... away from eight this morning. I uh, hope your Friday's flying. Kempi and spirits are high. Let's get into around the grounds and get the Oracle Nostradamus Uncle Tony Kemp to tip us into a hundred winners. Well, here we go. <laughs> and start with the... Uh, oh, actually, Neeps, do you want to do this? Or Joe, one of you. Well, uh, what, uh, sorry. I'm yeah, sure thing. I can lead you into this one today. Um, today, we're having a look at some NBA. Uh, we've got the Hawks hosting the Celtics at uh, about 12.30pm. They're down 3-2. to two. Who you got in that one? Ooh, I'm going to take Boston to round it out. I'm going to take the Celtics. I would agree. No Trey Young. Trey Young's not going to be able to do it for the Hawks. Uh, he's melted. Yeah. <laughs> it is a mounting pot in there. And tomorrow, uh, the Warriors host the Kings in Game 6. Who have you got yes, for that one? Yes, this is a really, really... Uh, you get at your own peril against the Warriors. I'm going to take the Warriors and it goes to Game 7. Warriors win, it's all over. So, at the back at home, I would oh, say... Warriors win, it's all over. That, yeah, I tend to agree. I think the... Getting that win on the road yesterday was massive for the Waz, the, the other Waz, <laughs> with the Warriors to close this one out, Neeps. Yeah, nice. Hey, um, and the big one, the Grizzlies versus the Lakers, is LeBron James going to be able to make his way into the next uh, stage of the playoffs? I think he steps up, closes it out. This is the game Where that he's been this? waiting for. Is this in LA? It's or in, in LA, Memphis? yeah. It's in LA? Yeah, I think it's a closeout as well. Gee whiz, we're all in agreement. That's dangerous. What else you got for us? Uh, let's move to some NRL. Tonight at 10pm, the Broncos take on the Rabbitohs at Suncorp Stadium. Who you got? I'm going Rabbit. <laughs> Suncorp Stadium, eh? Did Suncorp the Broncos Stadium. players even go home? Do they just live there? They no, got that the many games there. Friday night, mate. Eight, eight to nine day turnarounds every week. Of course they're oh. sitting top of the table. 
absolute <sighs> crooks. Up the bunnies. <laughs> All righty. Uh, tomorrow night, 7.30pm, the Sea Eagles versus the Titans at Brookvale Oval. Oh, be careful, because if, if Tommy Trebojevic has been reading the papers, he's going to come out and tear them apart and put 30 on them. I don't think the Titans win at Brookvale, no. But they reckon Tommy Trebojevic doesn't play. So just be careful. Okay, oh, that's what you're saying. Right. Got okay, you. moving on to the big one for us anyways. It's the Warriors versus the Roosters. 4pm kickoff at Mount Smart Stadium with Kempi and Sammy Hewitt on the call. No, Thor, I'm going the Warriors, brother. Oh, really? All day. Neeps, give me some of that. <laughs> this is the vibe at Mount Smart come Sunday when the boys are just running an absolute clinic. Who's my new favourite league player? Kempe Jackson Ford, is that his name? Yeah, he's been, honestly, the like, uh, the by the year, I reckon, for the Warriors. He's unreal. He's, he's th- so good. He's, th- <laughs> he's thick too, mate. You know, like, he's such a th- thick-looking character when he runs and carries and just so safe, mate. Yeah, I'm picking the upset here. Anyway, what else we got? Uh, Let's move into some super rugby. The Hurricanes and the Brumbies uh, face each other tonight at Sky Stadium, 7.05pm. Cut it out. Cut it out. There's so so many good games on this weekend. I'm going the Canes. Brumbies are actually my second team. So uh, Waratahs versus Highlanders tonight at 9.35pm. Come on. Oh. Come on, Aaron, please Aaron tell Smith, me. Aaron Smith, Nuggies are captain too tonight, so... Uh, Waratahs. Oh, well. I'll tip the Highlanders, but but the Waratahs... Thanks, Louis. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of confidence, to be fair. Yeah, no, me either. It's a, it's a tough old year, this is. Um, Fiji and Drew are to host the Blues tomorrow at 2.05pm. Drew. Yeah. Uh, I'm... I'm torn with this one because Fiji are my second team. I've got to go the Blues. Come on, the Blues. Oh, they've got to hang in there. They've got to hang in there. Mate, I think the Blues have seen the writing on the wall. Roger's leaving. Leon's leaving. <laughs> it's all about the draw. Anyway. I need a sound effect that says, like, oh, come on, or something like that. <laughs> and last one, um, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix and the F1. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I'm, I'm Chiefs back. Crusaders, Chiefs mate. Crusaders. Chiefs Crusaders. <laughs> Chiefs well, Crusaders. Who I'll tell you what, one? Louis, I'll have a lunch on this one. Done. Look, I think it's a I think it's a pick'em. I can't believe the fact that the it's a dollar fifty six to the Chiefs. And I just think that the Crusaders will look at that and they'll say, Oh my god, they don't think we can win this game. And I think that for their season, Rays will have them winning this game. I will have a lunch on it. Yep. Cool. I'll take the Chiefs. Brilliant. Alrighty. I, I actually missed a page on my on my sheet. So Black Cats versus Pakistan in the second ODI tomorrow as well. Starts at ten thirty PM. Oh, Pakistan's so hard to win against in their country. I'll go Pakistan there, but I think they'll win one of these ODIs. Yeah, I'll take the black caps. Okay. Very splat. We'll we'll, um, we'll watch that with deep interest, and we'll come back next week with a bit more black caps. Um, Hopefully we can catch up with them today. The scheduling just didn't work. Yeah, there's some brilliant games of code and sport this weekend, and we'll keep dissecting it for the rest of the show. After this, it's our pacing for purpose. We're going to lob you out a winner, and we'll get to your text on 8833 as well. 
It's Harness Racing New Zealand Pacing for Purpose Season 2. Certainly is. Three minutes away from eight, and I thought we would just get one on the board here for Child Cancer Foundation, Kempe, although I've uh, been late to the party. Hopefully the person that runs our accounts got the money on early because Franco Sinatra, race nine, number three today at Addington. Carter Delgetti for his olds. Uh, you know them well. A dollar nineteen to a dollar seventy-five. I just thought this was a standout bet. It gets the gate three. It has looked very promising. This race looks well within its capabilities. I didn't think it would be a dollar seventy-five short, though, but that's the confidence punters have got. Yeah, nice and a good family too, uh, Grand Dalgetty Del and and his crew. So uh, let's hope that we can get some of that um, racing for purpose money uh, for our charity, Louis. Good choice. There you go, Franco Sinatra, uh, hrnz.co.nz. Yes, Harness Racing is on Get Involved. Go and have a look at all of the form, replays, etc. on their website. $1.75, hopefully we got the $1.90. Race 9, number 3. A couple of good texts there, Kimby. <laughs> And I was waiting for this one. I was waiting for this one. Can't help but think one of the poll options is a shot across my bow. I actually thought as far as grubs are concerned, we are quite humble. Up the effing grubs. That's from Uncle Brett down in Utley. And I know he'll be there with all of his true blues. Warriors jersey on. His Warriors jersey (laughs) on. (laughs) Another one here. The crusade is over. The best coach will win. And that's Clayton McMillan. <laughs> Once Jace Ryan left, they aren't half that bad, are they? It would be all excuses next week as to why the Crusaders lost again. Only one dancing on Saturday night, and that will be the Chiefs fan. And I don't support the Chiefs. Truth is, this is an average Crusaders team. That's from an unknown texter. They're having a crack. The last one, Louis, if you feel like throwing away your money, I'm assuming the one I'd read in black, Faithful, will be jumping on the Christchurch base team 13+. plus. But... I guess they'd quietly see the value in doubling down on the mana, 13 plus up the mana, and that's from Chris. Oh, just the the amount of short memories out here, right? (laughs) It just is, it's quite satisfying. We will see. We will see. I'm backing the Crusaders. Look, I know this isn't a vintage, they haven't been in vintage form, but look at the players they have at their disposal and, and look at what they did when they went up to Auckland and they had the pressure put on them. Hey, when the acid goes on, we win titles. Remember come that. Come on, come on, Crusaders. Get it. Come on, make some fun out of it. 2-0 to Manchester United against Tottenham. They just scored. Pod Turner. Oh, he, he knows all about the Chiefs. He's coming up after the news with Aroha for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Stay with us. Having a great time this morning. Four minutes past eight o'clock. Having a great Friday morning. Hopefully you are too. You're listening to SCNZ. It's Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Dagger is back next week. Kempe and Louie here for the rest of this show. Friday tipple coming up before the end of the hour. And we'll talk plenty more Warriors. We'll talk to Pip and she'll want to talk about the Panthers. Meanwhile, Kempe, Cronulla. Oh, they pulled the herd on last night. Uh, I tell you what, and... You know, that was uh, the teams that finished third and fourth, I think, they, they were last year, and they looked so far apart. Cronulla hitting, the, hitting the, um, I guess, the, the top notes last night with a 44-point a win uh, against the Cowboys side that Todd Payton just doesn't seem to have any answers at the moment uh, with to try and get them some consistency going after their win last week against Newcastle. So, uh, Cronulla, mate... You, you, you watch Nico Hines play and you just think he's so unassuming and it's he just gets blokes. Like I'm watching the game last night, he just gets blokes, you know what I mean? He puts blokes in a space, he knows when to pass the football. I actually think he's a shoo-in for the sixth jersey in origin. A shoo-in? 
I don't. I don't. I think he's got Luai easy this year. Well, that'll make a lot of people happy. <laughs> he's playing. He's playing very, very good, Kempi. So the NRL's on fire, as we've been talking about. There is a couple of games of Super Rugby this weekend that can revive the competition mid-season. Uh, one in particular, we've spent a lot of time talking about it, and we'll do more of it right now. That's right. The Chiefs, they proved early on in the competition this season that they were the team to beat after com- comfortably uh, defeating last year's champions at Orange Theory Stadium in Week 1 of Super Rugby. And they come up here this week, the Saders, because they'll get their chance at revenge when they face the Chiefs on their own backyard. Richard Turner's no stranger at playing big games in the Waikato, and he joins us this morning to preview the weekend's games games of the rounds. Morning, Pod. How are you this morning? Yeah, good, thanks, Kingston. That's good, mate. Hey, uh, excitement levels about this return match, uh, the Chiefs' mana up against the Crusaders this weekend uh, in your in your, in an area which you're very familiar with. Are you excited? Yeah, yeah, very, mate. Oh, look, um, you, you, you've tipped it out, man. It's a it's a it's a chance for the Crusaders to get one back. Um, you know, I said when the Chiefs tipped them over in in, uh, in in the first round. Look, it's it's always best to play the Crusaders first up. Um, but traditionally, at this time of a of, of a competition, they start uh, the big red red machine starts rolling into gear. So, yep, look, the the Chiefs haven't lost, um, so they'll probably roll into it as favourites. But uh, but yeah, the Crusaders at this time of year are always a, a daunting proposition. They're such a hard team to get a line on the Crusaders um, year in year out at different points in the season. Pod, like we just had a texter before say that this is a bang average Crusaders side. I'd argue that they just haven't quite hit their their straps with injuries and their forms just been kind of middling. You kind of you're a brave person if you try and write them off because you just never know when they're about to click, right? Precisely, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, you, you do so at your own peril and. And certainly, look, um, you know, there's, there's no doubt the the, the Chiefs won't uh, you know won't fall into that trap. They'll, uh, they'll 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 be on their game. And yeah, look, it's a, it's a it's an interesting competition. You know, the the way that the, the teams have not only managed injuries but had had to manage the All Black rotations. Um, so it's always going to it's always going to have an influence on on form. But as I come back to Louis, you know, the, this Crusader side. Uh, traditionally, at this, at this part of the competition, as you're rolling into tail end of competitions, they, everything seems to start fitting into place for them. Uh, been there, done that, six times champions. So they, yeah, they know the routine. So, um, so that'll be a challenge. But, um, but oh, look, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm comfortable, comfortable putting my money on the Chiefs to, to stay unbeaten this weekend. Hey, Pod, people will be talking about the coaches. You know, like you've got Razor on his swan song. He's he's heading obviously to the All Blacks next year, and then you've got. Um, Clayton McMillan, who's just signed an extension with the Chiefs, you know, probably a future All Black coach. What what's the importance uh, in and around this game? I, I guess of not just to win this game, but but um, for the future for for Clayton McMillan. Oh look, I, I think yeah. I mean, any, anytime anytime you you know you pick up you pick up a winner, you put a feather in your bow. Um, but look, I, I don't. I just don't think that's part of his, his makeup. You know, he's he's all about his side, and it's all about the Chiefs winning. Certainly, um, you know, for for Clayton, it's, it, it would look good on his resume. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But Kempi, I, I look, I don't think he'll. It's part of the motivation that that, that the Chiefs will tap into. They're, they're, they're just about all, all, you know, all about the squad, all about the team, uh, and all about keeping this uh, this winning season on track. Do you think that um, you know, like you've got? This change in in franchise where Taranaki now come up, um, 
and play with the Chiefs. They have been for years going down to the Hurricanes. Young Daniel Rona uh, coming out of um, Taranaki, you know, he's been working in cement uh, trucks and, and all of a sudden he's turning the, the world on fire. You know, there, there's so many good, young, talented players down there. You th- do you think that spread going back um, further south to Taranaki has really helped out the Chiefs? Uh, look, yeah, absolutely. I mean, t- Taranaki is traditionally a, you know, a, a strength at, uh, at provincial level. So, yeah, absolutely has been a, a, of an assist to to the Chiefs program. And, and I, th- I think probably a better fit too, um, the, the, the Taranaki province into the Chiefs as opposed to the, to the Hurricanes. So no doubt about that. And yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that, he's a, a kid with a, you know, a massive future. Sounds, sounds a bit familiar, you know, he's, he's a concrete mixer or whatever he does. You know, there's a boat running around the Waikato for a while that used to be a truck driver and delivered kegs all day that went all right and trade monthly. So, so it's, you know, you, there, there's some there's some sort of some similarities there. And, and mate, if, he's, if, if he turns into half the player, Dwayne Monkley is, he's got a big future ahead of him. The, loose, the Battle of the Lucies. I saw uh, Richard Noller had an article on the press talking about how the Angus Gardner should drink about eight coffees before he goes out there and have his eyes wide open because um, it's going to be hot, it's going to be feisty. The, the Lucies will be a massive part of that. And Sam Kane's got some serious form under his belt this year, which is really positive to see. Luke Jacobson's perennially underrated. I have no idea why. And then the Crusaders, well, I've got this young brigade. I know Tom Christie's been around a wee while, but Dom Gardner and Cullen Grace, just big physical guys. How do you see that matchup playing out, Pod? And, and is there an advantage one way or the other? Uh, yeah, well, certainly with my Chiefs hat on, I, 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 like the, um, I like the Chiefs back road. But, yeah, absolutely, you go through the, you know, you go through the team list and... and and uh, you know that just—it's—it's it's just a reflection of of the, the the strength of this competition, right, against the, the the two teams. So, you know, not not much of an edge in in, in anywhere. You look at the front rows, you look at the second rows, and, and that, that back row clash that you're talking about—that—that's going to be influential. So, you know, you, you you can in these big matches, it's easy to roll out the cliches, isn't it? You know that that the the, the, the forward trio that. That has the better at the breakdowns will, will probably um, go a long way to influencing the outcome of, of this game. But across the field, you know, you've got so many talented players that, yep, those boys will be working hard. But uh, but you know, the game can be won or lost uh, from from one to fifteen. There's no doubt about that. Hey, Pod, just up the road at Mount Smart, you'll see on Sunday the Warriors will roll out twenty thousand vocal fans. You know, they they um, they haven't got the record like the Chiefs have this year. Are we expecting? like the stadium to be full? And, and if not, how do we get, like, you know, that tribal back, um, tribal camaraderie back into the fan base and the Waikato, win, especially when they've won eight on the trot? Yep, yep, yep. Look, uh, you, you think, Kempi, if, uh, if they don't get a reasonable crowd there, you know, if they get, if they, if they get 20, you know, that would be outstanding. But, um, you know, and, and you'd like to think they'd get at least 15 there, right? But uh, it's a heck of a clash. Um, yep, they're at home. They, they haven't lost a game. So they're doing everything they can. You know, I know, I know um, you know, I'm on the Chiefs database, so I get all their marketing um, stuff. So I know they're doing a great job there. Um, they're active on social media. So, um, look, as I say, they're doing everything they can. they can. It's just up to the fans to... To front up, but you know it's that, that age-old argument that, that rugby seems to be 12 months of the year now. So, 
you know, as a, if I'm if I'm addressing this question as a as a rugby fan, um, you know, it's it's tough to, <laughs> to you know to get to a weekend if you're a family man and say, look, oh, you know, you, you look at how many Super Rugby games are on this weekend, um, and and you, you go home and say, hey, uh, I'm, I've got a bit of rugby to watch this weekend, so <laughs> I might, might might not be available to mow the lawn till the following weekend. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, a, it's a big, it's a big push, you know, and and and, and you know, all, all the things can be without getting too too deep into it. You know, cost of living, it's uh, disposable incomes at a stretch at the moment, so you've got to pick and choose what you do. So, um, you know, uh, it comes back to to when you pick and choose what do you what do you do. If you're a Chiefs fan, you're going to spend the money turning up to watch a top of the table clash. That's probably what you should do. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a tough one at the moment. It's a tough one for rugby. I just think I just think you know, like, like a lot of fans. There's, there's a lot of it, right? So, um, so to ask people to front up over uh, each and every weekend is a, is a big ask. But, uh, but no, mate, I'll be having having said all that, I'll be one that'll be uh, be in the dog box for most of the weekend because because I'll watch all the all the footy and then I'll park up on Sunday and my wife will be like, "Is there Super Rugby on a Sunday?" I'll be no, there's the Warriors. <laughs> oh, so good, so good, Pod. So many people will be in that exact boat. Actually, and it starts tonight. Hurricanes, Brumbies, like massive, massive game for the Hurricanes if they want to prove that they can mix it with the big boys. Are you, are you leaning one way or another? Because it's, it's stylistically, it's going to be an interesting game as well. Yep, yep, agree, Louis. Look, I, I think you know. I had a look. At, I looked at the, at the tables, you know, and, the, and the, I think the Brumbies are probably uh, flattering to deceive at the moment. Um, you know, they've, they've, played, they've played one one New Zealand team, I think, to this point, albeit that it was the Blues, and they managed to tip them over. But you know, I think uh, I think the Brumbies have got a tough run home, and 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 not sure we'll see them sitting in and second on the table. Um, when it comes to the playoffs, certainly make the playoffs. I think they've done enough to, to, to get, get into the comfortably into the playoffs, but I'm not sure they're as good as, as the position on the table suggests. And yeah, absolutely, will, will be a, a, a good test. The, the Hurricanes playing some good footy at the moment. Um, and, and yeah, it'll, 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 this, the result of that will prove whether I'm, I'm, I'm any good at picking what, what sort of form sides are in. So um, I, think the, I think the Hurricanes will win it reasonably comfortably. Okay, well we can't wait to, to get into it We can't wait for tomorrow night, mate We appreciate your time, Pod uh, Good to hear you. Good to hear from you And um, oh, look, it's it's a massive weekend for Super Rugby For that beautiful answer you gave about How competitive the marketplace is right now They need a big weekend So we hope that they can do it Appreciate your time Pleasure There you go, Richard Turner He uh, he goes good, good analysis Kempe's always up for a yarn Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's always got... Uh his ducks lined up, and and as he said, you know, if they can't uh, pack the stadium when they when they've won eight on the trot, and they've got the best, I guess, the best super rugby team coming to town to try and uh, take that mantle off them, then I don't know what's going wrong down there as far as the support goes. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I know everyone will be uh, dialed in here, especially uh, my mate across, across from me right here. Yourself, Louis, <laughs> watching, <laughs> watching whether or not the Crusaders uh, can get there, but it's going to be a it's going to be a good game. There's two very good sides running around. Look, do you know what it reminds me of? Is 2020 um, the Blues? This was just right on the the front end of when Leo McDonald had the Blues and and Bowdenbury had the Blues on the upswing of their their start. To people thought they were about to go win titles, and the Blues had started the year great. Crusaders were wobbly in form; they were still putting up results. But the Blues came down to Christchurch, and it 
everybody knew that the winner of that game was going to have the ball was going to be in their court. It was they had the advantage on serve to go ahead and win the win the championship from there. And Richie, it was the game where Richie Mwanga did that little grubber kickoff, if you remember, and he slid and he got it just over the ten meter line, and they ended up scoring from it. And I watched it at the at the Paddington, just across the road from where you are, Kempe, with, um, and and it really it it kind of sucked the life out of the Blues fans there because they went, oh man. We should have won that game, and somehow the escape artists have done it again. I don't know if we can beat them in a final. I mean, this is 100% just psychological warfare at the stage, but Chiefs fans, if you don't beat the Crusaders after how confident you are that you've got your team firing and you've got the best coach, how are you going to be able to convince yourself you can beat them in a final? Like, I actually think this game might be more important for the Chiefs than the Crusaders, Kempe. <laughs> I love how you've turned that right around and put it back on the Chiefs. There's plenty of them out there that would disagree with that, and especially our mate Uncle Brett. He'll be down there. Just hold his head will be in his hands at the moment. What are you saying? Um, but look, you cannot take that comment too lightly because the Crusaders again and again and again have shown this time of the year when the chips are down, if you're, if you're doubting them, they are going to come and pull your pants down on your home ground and give you a little bit of a spanking. So be very, very <laughs> careful of the black and red showing up on, uh, on Saturday night. When uh, you think they're just going to walk out there and win the game, and they don't. <laughs> there we go. So uh, if you think either way, why don't you give us a text double eight double three on uh, where you think the game will be won on the weekend, but also who's going to win it? Is it the Chiefs thirteen plus, or do the Crusaders come out and absolutely do a number on the team that just hasn't lost this year? Absolutely, can be double eight double three. Light us up. Give us a call. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Where are you, Chiefs fans? Come through. I'm not scared to talk to you. I'll answer your call. Let's have a chat. Uh, morning, fellas. I'm doing my best Izzy impression. I feel like if Izzy was here, we'd be winding everybody up today. Uh, morning, fellas. Crusaders only have to make semis, then another title is a given. We're just cruising. We're, <laughs> we'll get going soon. Can't see the boys sending Razor off without another title. Cheers, John. Hey, John, the last ride starts in the Tron. Crusaders would have to preferred to, would have preferred to see Willie Hines in for Drummond and Goodhue in at centre with Enum moving out to the wing instead of McLeod. Yeah, that's interesting selection. They just have mm. so much faith in Dallas McLeod, don't they? They absolutely love this kid. I believe Enum is a winger with a balance at and top-end speed. Cheers, Dino. I hear that, Dean. I thought it was interesting selection, Kempe. Yeah, it was, but, uh, mate, he's the all-black coach, so who am I going to argue with? Come on. That's it. That's exactly right. And uh, lastly, you know how you were talking about uh, the Warriors having all the merch and tribalism? Mm. I've just found this... Warriors vintage kind of make you know it's like a new vintage uh, corduroy cap and I just as we're sitting there I was like I can't be I can't let the Warriors have the best season in years and not have some new merch so I'm in <laughs> I'm part of it I'm all part of it we're all we're all on the Warriors train up the wires Sunday up the Super Rugby round starting tonight Graham's in Christchurch we'll catch up with him just after this 20 minutes past 8 here with Chemist Warehouse the Real House Fragrance 25 minutes past 8 o'clock Kempe and we've uh, managed to get the phone lines going Yes, we've got Graham from Christchurch. Morning, Graham. How are you? Good day. How are you two guys? Good. Yeah, not too bad. You obviously Super. phoned up about the Chiefs winning on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've spoken enough to know. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I think the the Crusaders will do it. Believe it or not, I, I, I love the supreme confidence that coming out of the Tron, and um, of course the media. Um, you know, Crusaders love these situations. I mean, I, I you know I remember back in '98, '99, we played the Blues. You know, that was a final, and then the Highlanders the following year. Um, 
the hot, you know, Dunedin, they basically thought it was one. Um, you know, and fast forward all these years later, nothing's changed. Changed. I mean, even with the injuries we've had, I just think that um, they'll be up for this. I mean, I'm not, you know, the Chiefs are doing brilliant, you know, with it eight in a row or whatever it is, and playing great rugby. But I think the Crusaders, um, they'll make a, you know, a big response tomorrow night. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, having Cullen Grace back and... Uh, uh, Dominic, you're talking about the loose forwards. Dominic Gardner's playing great rugby at the moment. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't think we, you know, are below the Chiefs in those areas. I think people will be a bit surprised. I certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, Graham, I think you make a decent point. Look, the, the the key will be matching the Chiefs with physicality, and the other key will be who can get the right side of the whistle, because the Kempi, the game will be played at such an intense level that one team will inevitably push it too far and will give away... And you know what it's like. You, you get yeah, the yeah. wrong side of... Uh, uh, you, you know what it's Dang like, it. Kimpy. <laughs> stop, stop blaming me. That's great. great. Graham, look, I know that Louis, Louis wants the referees. Now he's trying to get the referee onside. Oh, Graham, what do you, where do you think that rivalry comes from? Oh, it was... I think it, well, it was all, all the New Zealand teams have been in each other's throat since the beginning, but I think the Chiefs Crusaders won, went up another level under Dave Rennie, you know, and the Chiefs won the two finals in 212 and 13, you know, and they would beat us, you know, quite a lot in the round robin games, and even, you know, their record against Razor's team is impressive in round robin. We beat them in the 221 final here, but, you know, we've lost to them generally once every year. Um, so, you know, they, yeah, that that was there. And it was only under Scott Robertson, really, we, we started to, to win more that, than we lost that, against them. Yeah, that's it. And he kind of wrestled that ascendancy back. Now, bloody good point, Graham. Uh, let's go to John in Auckland. How are you going, John? Yeah, good, good. Hey, just before I talk about the rugby, um, Sam Tupo, what a great victory against Russell Tussie. Just a quick story. When they were over in South Africa when he was an All Black, um, he got, I think, Mills Moliaina and might have been Sione Lawaki out of a sticky situation. Yeah, yeah he and did. And they're out in the nightclubs in Cape Town, if you might remember. And it was Sam Tupo oh. that had to fight his way out of it. <laughs> so, um, there's, there's, there's right. a num- John, there's a number of those stories. He's, uh, he's him sorting some other people out that were, were you know, he stopped his car and jumped into another one and, and sorted that out. Sammy Tuitapo, uh, he does not mix, he doesn't mix words. He gets in and sorts things out. So there was a, a pretty um, a pretty devastating loss for Roy Asatasi last night. What have you got on about the uh, the mana? Are you following the mana to, on Saturday night? Oh, well, you know, I'm a Blues fan. The top three teams in Super Rugby are obviously Crusaders, Chiefs and Blues. Um, Hurricanes. You know, oh. I, know, I know the Hurricanes and the Brumbies are there or thereabouts, but those are the only three contenders for the title for me. Um, but for me, I think the Chiefs will just get across the line. But it'll be interesting to see how McKenzie and Moana go against each other. One, you know, uh, McKenzie, like uh, they say on the footy field, uh, the um, breakdown plays like a standoff in rugby league. Mm. Pretty similar, but he runs across the field a, a lot. But then... Um, yeah, you've got Moonga, who's the best first five in the world for me. Yeah, and he and he comes from a rugby league background. Did you know that, John? Yes, I did. Yeah, is it Hornby? Yeah, down he's got a couple in, uh, of, couple of good uh, brothers that play rugby league down there in Christchurch. Um, what what do you think about Damien McKenzie? Like, would you would you put money on Razor looking at this game as 
seeing who's actually at the t- at the top of the tree in the ten jersey, or has Richie Moonga got that tied up? Yeah, well, Moonga's going away next year, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, at the moment, uh, things can change in a year's time, obviously. But at the moment, I think Damien McKenzie will be out then next year onwards until Moonga comes back. Um, but yeah, this is a hard game to pick. But I've only got the Chiefs because they're at home and because I love their forward pack. Mm, they, their forwards have been playing so well. I got so much respect. Honestly, like no full sincerity here. I have got a lot of respect for what the Chiefs have been able to do this year. I think it's going to be very, very tight, and it will go deep. John, love your call and <laughs> great point on Sam Tui Tupo. Yeah. <laughs> He's had, to, he's had to sort some situations out a couple of times <laughs> throughout the years, Kempe. Uh, hi, Kempe and Louis Crusaders will win comfortably. I believe the Blues are the best team in the comp and will win the final. Don't forget, Louis, the best provincial rugby team ever in New Zealand was the Auckland team in the 80s and 90s. They were even praised by the great Wayne Bennett, Glenn. Yeah, that, that's a, a really good call. And talking about the old days, a big shout-out to Graham Murray, who picked up a, um, what was that, a... Lifetime, Lifetime Achievement, Achievement Award last night with the uh, New Zealand Rugby. I think he, uh, obviously a Hall of Famer, Graham Murray, the great uh, flanker from down my way. And also Julian Sevilla playing his 150th match, Louis, this weekend. Um, so a big shout out to those couple of guys uh, over this game this weekend. Here's one for you, Louis. Hey, fellas, you should be saying, hey, Louis. Where can I find this vintage called hat? That's obviously from an unnamed Warrior supporter. If you send your name and um, back in with that, we'll, we'll get Louis to send you, a, I guess, a message and say, too late, oh, there was gonna, only one. I, I, I thought you were going to say, get Louis to send you a cat. Um, ANZ Sporting Archive on Instagram. They've got heaps of old, kind of old school kit on there. It's all very expensive, but it's uh, a lot of it's in really good, really good nick. ANZ Sporting Archive. Go on, get on the Waz train. 28 away from 9, Pip Morris can't be far away. He's Aroha with the news for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. from nine. Had a good show. Been a good week, Kimpy. You've clocked up some on-air hours, like some flight mo- hours. Some air miles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Has actually upgraded you to SCNZ Elite status yet? Oh, I, doubt, I doubt that, but uh, there's always, you can always ask. <laughs> That's exactly right. You can only but ask. Uh, we've got a bit of time now to get to our choices flooring poll results. We'll be talking about the rugby, so we may as well Come on, the get grubs. straight <laughs> the choices for a poll, which young Joseph Manu threw out, was what will Razor's theme be this weekend? Embrace the underdog. We are still the champs. One last ride. It starts in the Tron. Humble the grubs. And view choices flooring's online magazine with one with over 100 inspiring pages of choicesflooring.com. Joe, what have the punters said? The punters have said, humble the grubs with 37%. One last ride. It starts in the Tron, follows closely behind with 25. 
Outstanding. Humble the grubs. Humble and the grubs. They're still coming through in droves. Crusaders will win. I'm hoping Cody Taylor puts a huge challenge up to Samasoni. Oh, hey, there's an underrated head-to-head, Kimpy. I know. Yeah, that's exactly right. We haven't even picked that one. There's, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, but both teams have got to, you know, through the, the midfield, the 5'8s, the hookers, the locks, you know. It's, um, and, of course, Sam Kane's back this weekend as well. So he will have a point to prove. He's He's been on fire this year. I, I just think it's a really, really good game. Um, lots of good banter this morning, and you just can't take it for granted that the Crusaders are going to come down here and lie down because they're not. I can guarantee you that. And the Chiefs, I, we we had this chat last week, Louis, about whether or not the Chiefs can go through the season unbeaten. I think if they get through this one, they possibly can. I think the only one that's going to that's going to, um, I know they've got to travel uh, over to play the Brumbies, but I think this one is the one, if they get this, then they've got a chance of going through unbeaten. I think that's probably a, a fair point. It, it's very hard to do. Of course, up for grabs is home playoff seeding as well. That's still very much in play. If the Crusaders can snatch this one back, uh, the Chiefs very much in the box seat for that, but they are still definitely a chance. TAB.co.nz, all of those markets. I... I I think the Chiefs deserve favouritism at home, but I didn't think it should have been that much disparity. I, I would have thought it would have been a little bit closer in the market. And um, it's been a little TAB bit like do- the Anzac game on the on Tuesday night where they had Melbourne, you know, and the Warriors out at three dollars fifty or something, and you're like twenty two ten. Mate, if the bench, if they never lost their bench, they would have just, they would have made a, a bath of the TAB. <laughs> That's a very good point. And if you want to take the the point spread on offer in this game, the point start. I mean, I can get the Crusaders a dollar eighty seven plus four and a half. I think for the first time in their history. Pip, would that be about right? That is correct, uh, Louis. Yep. And uh, look, I can tell you, actually, sixty nine percent of the head to head money is on the Crusaders. So obviously, punters liking the odds. That's more. It's just because there's more punters than a Christchurch. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. We all love it. We we all love it. Pip. Hey, did you hear a little bit earlier on? You might not have, but we've actually got one over the bookies, and they're still asleep. I don't know. Stephen Hunt reckons he listens on the way to dropping the kids at work, but um, tomorrow they're going to scratch Pukatero, and the, she's still in the market. Can you believe it? Oh, I probably can believe that, but no, they've obviously they've obviously gone to sleep. So look, we've got one over them. Get on quickly, not that I should say. <laughs> Get on yourself, pup. I'll be in a meeting this afternoon, otherwise. Yeah, that's right. You, you just don't make, make sure you don't get called in front of the principal. No, uh, it's it's just it is like this is the no deductions promotion that they've extended out. Like these, this is a hundred percent part of it. Um, you know, when Absolutely. horse trainers come on the radio and give you public information that Pukatero is going to be scratched and it just hasn't gone been processed yet. I mean, that's all part of it, right? So it's an incredible promotion. What else have you got coming up this weekend, Pip? I'll just quickly go back to that Crusaders game. I can tell you the best-backed power play is actually really popular as Damian McKenzie and Richie Mawanga, both anytime try scorers, and either team win by seven or more. Uh, that's been really popular at $21, Louis, so that's a good price there. As far as the Warriors back at home against the Roosters, look, they're still popular to beat them despite having uh, plenty of, of injuries there. And if you do back them to win, you can will double your money as they win up to $100 as a bonus bet, so that's a nice 
capital incentive there. Uh, also with the power predictor too, obviously the team's now starting to really show uh, where they might be heading towards that top eight. So if you haven't placed one yet, could be the time to get involved now. There's still a bit of value with the Warriors top eight at $1.77 and the Dolphins to make the top eight at two fifty-five. On that breeders as well and of course the Travis Stakes, I can tell you there, Flamebird pretty evenly best backed at the breeders. It was Bukitero, so look, that's interesting as well uh, with Flamebird. And then Aromatic best backed in the Travis Stakes followed by Town Crier, which is interesting, over the 2,000 metres, Louis, and the perfect pink in behind. Yeah, he's singing off my song sheet, but don't mind it at all. You have a good weekend, eh? Good luck to your Panthers. You too, now. I don't think they'll need it, but hey, you never know. Maybe they're clearing interested. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, Pip. Right, tab.co.nz, R18 Gamble responsibly. That market is race five at Tarapa tomorrow if you are interested. Uh, after this, it's Friday Tipple. Uh, well, guys, we've made it. It's time for the Friday Tipple. Yes, well, it was a big four hours with Ricardo on Anzac Day when we caught up with Richie Barnett. He stopped in to chat about the Dewdrop Challenge, which the boys have just completed by running, swimming and biking the North Island in awareness for I Am Hope and Mental Health. Mike King doing a fantastic job, although Richie potentially could have done with a few extra training rides and maybe some training wheels. I'm very surprised, mate. I've, I haven't done anything like this ever before, and, and even the distances that we're doing is ridiculous. I did my first 100k bike ride ever, um, and I've only ridden the bike about six times <laughs> since I was a young kid. So, <laughs> oh, I tell you what, sore bottom. 100k, yes. 100k's first up. Like I've done plenty of cycling. Yeah, I feel sorry for Richie, to be brutally honest. But well done, boys. Race plenty. I think up over 3,600 um, free counselling sessions, Louis. Oh, incredible. What a big week for I Am Hope it was uh, with Fight for Life last night as well. And you guys also had a great catch-up with Angus Ta'aval on Tuesday, who's enjoying some time at home looking after his new baby. They spoke about the Chiefs' success this season, and Gus, well, he had some... Oh, a sweet reaction to Valandi's poaching comments. How, how about, like, you look in the news and what, what's his name? Valandi and... Valandi. It's like comedy. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah. You know, like, you see the, the chat that's been thrown from, like, the leaders of, of each each union and it's just like, bro, what is... Is this, like, high school or... <laughs> you know, it's, 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 been, it's been absolutely crazy. Crazy indeed. And Kempi and me both just laughed. It is. It is laughable. Um, and great chat there by our good mate Angus Starvelt. But uh, the Live Tour, I liked it, hit Australia last weekend, so we decided to catch up with self-proclaimed COVID golfer Drew McMillan, who had polished off about a thousand shoeys the night before jumping on the phone with us, but not just out of his own shoe. Yeah, rather dusty. Yeah, that's for sure. After the four aces on the team thing, Patrick Reid did a shoey and threw his shoe in the crowd, and these people right beside us got his shoe. 
So we, we went to town with them and we were drinking out of his shoe all night. <laughs> 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 That's so good. And there's a social of uh, Izzy doing a, a shoey a out of someone, I think it was Pretty Whoopoo's gumboot last night, so you won't get me drinking out of a gumboot. But uh, I've got to say, Louis, if there's a live tour coming down here, we're going. Bucket list. 100%. And Sam Pinfold told us last week that he was, uh, he can see it happening one day. Yesterday, well, it is, it's uh, vaccination week of all weeks. Yes, that's right. And Chemist Warehouse are such good supporters of our show. So Rav and Louise stopped into the studio to give Kempi's ridiculously and inhumanly large biceps a jab. <laughs> Kempi cried a lot less than Joe and Neeps did when they he's, got this. He's had it. He's, he's had it, and it's I think the hardest thing oh. was trying to get Kempi ah. not to tense. He's so used to tensing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can feel it growing. Excuse oh. me? Yes, that's right. All the time. All the time. No, that was uh, Louise and Rav that came in. Big shout-out to the chemist Wells. They do that for us every year. Yeah, Neeps. And Joe, Joe, how's your arm? Sock. <laughs> That's because sure. you support the Crusaders, mate. You're a blue supporter. Get back on the bandwagon. <laughs> but our toast of the week, it's got to go to an inspirational Suone Falmoina. He had a big fight last night in the fight for life against DJ Forbes, the two battlers, and came up victorious with a unanimous decision. Suone is very nervous about being back in the public eye, and my hats go off to him and his wife because she was the inspiration and the reason we're all lucky enough to be able to see him on our television again today. The opportunity came to be on Matchfit, the TV show, and uh, I really had to have a chat with my wife because she knows how much you know it affected me being in the uh, in a negative light here in New Zealand during those those years. I had to tell her, I said, "Babe, I don't know if I really want to do this show. I don't know if I'm ready to be back in the public eye because I still have this anxiety around. You know, people still have this perception of me from who I was before. But one of the things she did say was, "Babe, that's not you anymore. This is a way to sort of." get back out there and show them that you're a father, you're a husband, you're, you know, you're, this is what you're doing now and, you know, you're 41, not 21 and and when she put it like that, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, nah, that, that's right. Tools, you know, like tools that you, that you pick up and learn, you know, and Sione was telling us then about um, what he was like and, and, who, and the man he has become, Louis, that, that message was so important, you know. Stick in there, and well done to Sione, and especially to everyone that joined us this week. It's been an absolutely barnstormer.